ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Bet LA. I'm Anita Marks, and uh, we've got a Thursday night football game. Uh, not too riveting. Not going to lie. Not going to candy coat it. Not not going to tell you how fantastic it is because it's not. And uh, Mac Jones just got pummeled. Um, so now it's third and goal with a little less than three minutes left in the game. And the Buffalo Bills are up 24-7. Uh, this is not how I thought the game was going to roll. Although my favorite play, my best play, uh, was was the under tonight. Uh, the under of it, it, it opened, I want to say it opened up at 42 and a half and then it went up to 43 and a half and I think it closed at 44. So if you did take the under, well then, uh, well then great. Uh, th- that's fantastic. So again, Buffalo right now up on New England 24 seven and Mac Jones is just, uh, he is just, he's like, he's running for his, his dear life. By the way, we have Tyler and Rebecca who are producing the show back, back in the studio. Are you guys watching this? You know, we just kind of like scurried into the studio. We're still getting a little situated, but I've got it oh. on my phone. Are, but are you, are like, are you watching? Like, I've got kind of like the game day going. So I, okay. I don't have any like video footage. I'm kind of just oh, watching yeah, it because like passively. I, I mean, I, I, I Here's 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 what I don't understand, right? Like, you know, we not well. I have said that Bill Belichick is the best coach, um, and you could argue Don Shula, you can argue argue Tom Landry, you can argue. Uh, regardless, uh, in 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 this the last ten to 15, 20 years, you can say that Bill Belichick best coach in in the NFL. Like, what? Why would? Why would the best let's just marinate in this for a minute, okay? You go out and you draft Mac Jones in the first round of last year's draft. Okay? Your offensive coordinator who's been there forever in a day, of course, had a cup of coffee in Denver with Tim Tebow. That didn't work out and he came back home to mommy. Um, and then now, of course, is in 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 Las Vegas with the Raiders. You lose your your offensive coordinator who's been there forever in a day, and you hire Matt Patricia who's a defensive-minded coach to run wasn't, your Wasn't offense? there a lot of question marks coming into this season, too, regarding you know his support staff? Didn't everybody just assume that Belichick would be making all of the calls? So, there was. There was some talk and speculation because he wasn't— because Joe Judge got fired from the Giants, um, and rightfully so. Uh, the guy was a, a hot mess here. And Matt Patricia, uh, you know, I, I guess couldn't find a job. And from what I understand, like Bill is just one of those guys where like, if you're one of Bill's guys, you're one of Bill's guys. And, and you know, he's going to bring you back home and you're always going to have a home with him at, at in, 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 um, in New England. But you, <laughs> you have a second, I mean, just marinating that for a minute, right? You've got a second year quarterback 
and you lose arguably one of the best offensive coordinators. I'm not a huge, I don't want to use the word fan, but um, jury's still out for me in regard to Josh being a head coach in the NFL, but we do know the success that he has had. And um, last year, Mac Jones had success. I mean, you know, he wasn't like tearing it up, but they were winning football games and his completion percentage was good. And he has his accuracy. And, and I want to say his like completion of like uh, passes 20 yards and more was number one in the NFL for a rookie quarterback. Like, I, I want to say there was there's a ridiculous stat last year where uh, games where Mac Jones was was not sacked his QB rating was through the roof. Like, like ridiculous. Like head and shoulders above everyone else. So you go from that to this? Well, and I think it's it's uh indicative it's, like, it's indicative of the of the environment that the Patriots build, right? Tom Brady had the same success with a pocket that never collapsed. And now we're seeing him on a different team with an offensive line that's not as good as the one that he's used to playing with, and he's not finding that same success that he used to have in New England when his offensive line was really strong. So I think what we're seeing here is a clear indication that when it comes to the offensive line under Bill Belichick, there's a problem. Yeah, I, I, I like, I, I get it. I understand. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and you know, um, I'm just, you know, we're talking again, we're talking about in many appoint him as the greatest coach of all time. Um, and he brings in Matt Patricia to run an offense and Matt Patricia is a defensive minded coach. He's not an offensive minded coach. Like bring in Sean Payton. Like yeah. give Mac yep. like give Mac Jones a chance. Yeah, I think if you took a look at Craigslist, he could probably find a better option. I mean, I mean, damn. Like I'll leave radio to come. Like, like, like give Mac Jones a chance. And it's just he has he has no shot this season. It, it's just it's 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 unbelievable to me that that this is what they're working with. But, um. I mean, everybody Everybody knew that when Tom Brady left New England that it was going to be a while see, but, before they were competitive again. See, but here's the thing. I disagree. I disagree. I don't think, like, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, do I have Tom Brady in my top five? Absolutely. Um, do I think Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time? No, I don't. I know everybody else does. It, it irritates the hell out of me that uh, if I do hashtag Tom Brady on Twitter, there's a goat emoji that comes up. I'm just like, I just want to vomit, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't think this isn't to me. This isn't this because the Patriots defense is, is top five in the NFL. Um, you know, I just, to, to me, their struggles is uh, they're just, this offense is, is vanilla as vanilla as vanilla could be. I mean, this offense is really bad. So, um, and, and not a knock on Matt Patricia, but dude's a defensive, like he's a, he comes side of the, and, and listen, not to say, you know, there's, there's a lot of coaches out there. Yeah. Do, do defensive minded coaches, um, at some point in time, you know, go from, you know, coaching 
being a, a defensive coordinator in college to coming in and working with an offensive group like the running back group or the wide receiver group or the tight end group in, 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 in the NFL and then work under that and that type of tutelage and then, and then comes into their own in the NFL as an offensive-minded coach. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that has happened. But this is bad. And I'm just, I guess I'm just more than anything, like, I'm just, I'm shocked. I'll use the word shock. Like, I'm shocked that, you know, somebody is, is experienced is, um, and as successful as Bill Belichick has been, you know, why would you subject your second year wet behind the ear quarterback in Mac Jones to this? I, I just... It, it's it's been it, it's been painful to to watch this season, and I don't really spend a lot of time watching the Patriots. Who does? Um, <laughs> but um, but the games that I have watched, and obviously tonight because it was Thursday night football, it's just it's it's bad. It's just it's the the play calling is just really bad. Well, and the anticipation so, of this game, right? Thursday night football has been dismal this season. We finally get something that we feel is going to be worthy of our attention in the Patriots and the Bills and somehow still on a Thursday night we get a game that just is not what we thought it would be. No, absolutely not. In fact, I I probably I enjoyed the uh the Pittsburgh game. I'm going to start uh, calling one- it the Amazon curse in a moment. <laughs> Oh, I bet they're going to love that. So uh, the game is over. Uh, if you did take the under, um, and, and that was my play, if you did watch me on Daily Wager earlier this evening, uh, the under was my play at, uh, at 44. That's what it closed at for a number of reasons. So, so by the way, this is the seventh straight Bills game that the under has hit. So the Bills on the road, their under has hit. They're 7-0. and with the under on the road for the Buffalo Bills. Patriots defense, best defense in the red zone. Teams are only scoring at 50% of their red zone visits. And, of course, the Bills do struggle. They have struggled. They do struggle in the red zone. They got healthier on the defensive side, specifically the defensive line uh, today. And uh, the, the Patriots were struggling on the offensive line their starting left guard didn't play. Their center was not 100%. Jacoby Myers wasn't 100%. And, and I'm going to share with you, we get back, I will, I will share with you some stats. For all you fantasy football freaks out there like me, uh, you want to know how your player did. I was expecting more from uh, Stevenson tonight. Uh, that didn't happen, unfortunately. And by the way, Hockley, and I shared this on, on Daily Wager earlier, I, I do pay a lot of attention to the, uh, the officiating crews. Uh, that the trend with the officiating crews is is something to pay attention to. Like it's 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 a thing. Officiating crews have tendencies in regard to what they call, how often they call them, all that stuff. And so uh, Hockley was uh, was overseeing the officiating crew for this matchup, and his unders this season have hit fifty seven percent of the time. Fifty seven percent of the time this officiating crew. And sure enough, it hit tonight. So again, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Bet LA here on 90 on on 710 ESPN LA. I'm Anita Marks. Uh the final uh 24/7 the Buffalo Bills. So what does that mean? The Bills now are sitting at 9 and 3. It's going to be an interesting race in the AFC, is it not? With the Bills and Kansas City and um 
the Bills, Kansas City. I'm trying to think other teams. I, I do want to spend some time tonight and uh, and look at the standings as well because not only is it is it going to be interesting to see the run uh, of who's going to potentially represent the AFC uh, in the Super Bowl, but you know the the playoffs and because of the weather conditions, uh, you know what cities do they what city really ultimately is it going to run through? And if it's Buffalo, <laughs> oh boy, into December, beginning of January, burr, good luck with that. You want to talk about a home field advantage. Um, yeah. <laughs> In, at Orchard Park, uh, that's Don't that's forget, big you got time. Cincinnati, you got Miami. Cincinnati right? and Baltimore. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that as well. Uh, when we come back, um, I do want to talk about the Chargers. I want to talk about the Rams. I'll give you my picks and plays for both those matchups. And also, uh, we could take a look at the standings, and I'll share with you. I was actually playing around today uh, looking to see what the win to- – because you're, you're not – at this point in, at this point in stage in, this, in the season, you're not going to get a lot of value in regard to betting on, on a team winning their division or um, you're, just, you're not going to get the value there. But there are, there, there are two teams that I saw that I do believe their win total and, and the over is very doable. And so we'll get into that this show as well. Bill Conley is going to join us to break down the USC-Utah matchup. Excited for that game. Uh, Tyler Fulgham, who's uh, my partner in crime on Daily Wager, him and I do a deep dive into uh, a few of the top uh, college football games that are on the slate uh, this coming weekend. Also, Kansas City and Cincinnati, one of the best matchups this week in the NFL. We'll do a deep dive there. Randy Robles from the Elias Sports Bureau, professional handicapper Fat Jack joins us. And J.J. Duvaney will join me. World Cup action, the United States and the Netherlands on Saturday. Oh, my goodness gracious. I can't wait. So we're going to dive into all that. Anita Marks with you. This is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Uh, it's pretty easy because, like, being in part of that organization, that's, the, that's kind of the method. You never really make a game too big or too, too little, never focus on... Um, you know, you never make like a Monday night game or Tuesday night game bigger or the opponent bigger because then it makes you inconsistent because you'll get up for one game, but then you won't get up for the next game. So um, I personally just treat this game like it's a normal game. Bobby Wagner talking about um, going up against his former team. Uh, I'm going to do a deep dive into the Rams and the Chargers matchup, so stay tuned for that. But let's go to our phone lines. We've got Chuck calling in. Chuck, good evening. How you doing? Hey, Andy, how you doing? Hey, I don't understand Great. why the Patriots didn't ride the zappy ways. They got a young stud over there on the sideline, man. I mean, with, with him playing, you almost thought uh, Brady was back in the building. I mean, he had the whole franchise energized again. So I don't, I don't understand. You like the zappy way? Uh, uh, um, <laughs> it, it's a great question. 
Uh, Chuck, um, I, I think a, a big reason why is because, you know, where this organization drafted Mac Jones um, and, and also, you know, in, in talking to Mike Reese, who, of course, uh, if you follow ESPN, does a phenomenal job. He's been covering the Patriots for a while. Um, when when Zappi was was starting and there was some talk and speculation that they were going to with Zappi, but I was texting him, hey, what's the deal? Have they given up on Mac Jones? And he was texting me back and he said, absolutely not. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. Some, some quarterbacks, you know, play better in a certain system than others. Um, you know, I know it's a small sample size, but we've, what we've seen from Zappi as a starting quarterback for the Patriots, uh, he has definitely outperformed Mac Jones. But again, when an organization takes a quarterback in the first round, let alone in the top 15, um, the organization is, is, is truly committed uh, to, uh, to giving that, that quarterback an opportunity and a chance. And again, I'm, I'm told that the organization does like and, and loves Mac Jones. I just I don't think this, this offense suits him at all. So, uh, But I, again, if you're just tuning in, it is Bet LA. Buffalo defeated the Patriots tonight 24 to 7. Um, and uh, so if, if you played the under, then it hit. And, uh, and, and you're a big winner there. So hopefully you're heading into this weekend playing with house money for all you fantasy football freaks out there just to get you up to speed on, uh, on some of these, the statistics. Josh Allen, 223 passing yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he also ran eight times for 20 yards. So, you know, listen, that's a solid night for a fantasy football quarterback. Uh, does it, is, is it a Josh Allen night? No, it's not. Um, how crazy, like guys, how crazy is that? Like I, I'm sitting here, I'm going, Oh, only 223 passing yards, only two touchdowns. Oh, he only rushed for 20 yards and you know, <laughs> Buffalo won 24, 10. That's a, that, that, those are some solid stats for any other, you know, quarterback outside of, of Josh Allen or, or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. But um, but it is what it is. Uh, very interesting that James Cook um, ran the ball 14 times for 64 yards. His longest was 28. Devin Singletary, 13 carries for 51 yards. Uh, and Devin did score a touchdown. So interesting. Are, are, are we around that time as we're getting closer to the postseason that we're starting to see a changing of the guard uh, in that backfield? for uh, for the Buffalo Bills possibly. So if you started Devil, Devin Singletary tonight on your fantasy team, uh, you might not be too happy when you go home and you look at your matchup uh because James Cook uh carried the ball one more time than than Singletary and it really and he was having a lot of success tonight running the the football. Um he was he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Uh, wide receivers, Stefan Diggs doing Stefan Diggs things, seven, seven receptions for 92 yards. And he did find the end zone. So kudos to him. That's great. Isaiah McKenzie, five receptions for 44 yards. That was another prop bet that I liked tonight, um, was McKenzie over, uh, over receptions. It was four and a half and then over receiving yards. I want to say it was somewhere around 32. I also did like Josh Allen rushing the ball more than seven and a half times. And sure enough, he ran the ball eight times. So that one as well. Okay. I'm feeling better about my night. 
Uh, Mac Jones, 195 yards in a touchdown. No, no, no quarterback through. There was no interceptions in the game, which is pretty interesting. Uh, here is a big disappointment, and that's Stevenson. Only 10 carries for 54 yards. But a big reason why is the Patriots were like, you know, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out the majority of the night. They had to, they, they really, they had to punt all night. This, this Buffalo Bills defense was just that good. So it wasn't like, you know, Mac Jones rushed three times. Kevin Harris rushed one time. It's, you know, they only, they only ran the football 14 times tonight for 60 yards. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't like Stevenson didn't get the bulk of the work. It's just, unfortunately, there was not a lot of work to be done. Um, Marcus Jones scored a touchdown tonight. Now he's a defensive player, uh, Bill Belichick trying to be, you know, cute and, um, like he always is and, and having some defensive players play on the offensive side of the ball. So Marcus Jones scored a touchdown, uh, Stevens, a part of the passing attack. And this was another one of my prop bets today. I said, uh, over four and a half receptions for Stevenson. Um, and sure enough, he had six receptions for 24 yards, so there was that. Jacoby Myers, not 100% coming into this matchup, even though he is uh, Mac Jones' favorite target. Only five targets tonight, three receptions for 22 yards. But Marcus Jones was the only, uh, the only player for the Patriots who scored a touchdown. So there's that. Um, so, I mean, no, no, no fireworks, no bells and whistles in regard to fantasy football stats. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, again, if you did play the under, uh, you were a winner tonight. Um, a lot I want to get into. I, I, I want to share with you my Rams as well as my Chargers picks and plays heading into this Sunday. I, I want to look big picture here in regard to the standings in the NFL. There are some prop futures bets out there, not prop bets, but futures bets out there in regard to win totals for two teams that I think could be pretty lucrative. Uh, but we're going to switch gears here when we come back. Bill Conley is going to join us. He does a phenomenal job, of course, covering USC. Big game for USC going up against the Utes. Um, a lot on the line here. An opportunity for USC to be in that top four and to compete uh, for a national championship. And also uh, Caleb Williams uh, continuing his Heisman tour in trying to win the Heisman Trophy uh, this this season. So Bill joins us next. We'll do a deep dive into USC when we get back. You're listening to LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. It's just football. You know? It's just football. I mean, everybody sees that now, but I mean, reality is that all the games have had this much at stake on them because if you don't, you don't win those, then you're not even playing in this one. You know, you're, you're at home and, you know, getting ready to go out recruiting and players aren't practicing like 99% of the other teams out there. So it's a, it's a privilege to be, to be able to practice right now and have a game this week. And, um... We've, we've progressed as a team. I think we'll continue to do it. But, I mean, for us, it's just it's playing ball. And uh, it's, it's what this team enjoys to do, and we've gotten better. We need, to get, we need to take those steps again this week and keep the same approach that we've had. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Bill Conley joins us now to break down, of course, your USC Trojans making waves potentially 
could end up in the top four um, with, uh, of course, the, uh, the, the, the committee. Mm. Uh, how you doing this evening, Bill? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. What before we start breaking down their matchup against Utah, you know what? What an amazing season it's been. Let us live vicariously through you, right? Like, you know, first season for Lincoln Riley. You know, expectations were that USC was going to be good, but did anyone think they'd be this good in 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 this type of situation where potentially could be playing for a national championship at the end of the season, like? What is this? What what has this season been like for you covering this team? Well, it is funny. I mean, a lot of the the optimism and pessimism. Optimism about the offense, Caleb Williams, and all the the new pieces and Lincoln Riley's history and all that. That was, that's obviously been confirmed. Um, you know, the ceiling has been. We figured the ceiling would be pretty high, and obviously, it's maybe even been higher than expected. But what's funny is. I mean, what was supposed to trip this team up was it was the defense. It was terrible last year. And, um, you know, obviously, while he brought in a ton of star power on the offensive side of the ball with the transfer portal, he didn't really – he made moves, but they weren't quite the same caliber. I, and the defense hasn't been very good. It's just that the offense has been so good that it hasn't mattered. Uh, you know, they got some breaks early on with turnovers. Uh, they won a lot of close games. And here they are. They, they, they seem to get a little better offensively every single week. And – you know, I, 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 it, it'd be kind of fun if, if they get in the playoff and TC gets in the playoff and we have a bunch of – we have some new blood here. But it, it does feel a lot like Lincoln Riley's OU teams just in the way that uh, they are very much one-sided and they make for a very entertaining product. But then, you know, the, the play, we'll see if the playoff goes as well for them as it did uh, – or better, I should say, than it did for Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, um, and and I, I do want to get your thoughts on on Caleb and and of course his chances of winning the Heisman, which he's favored right now. And if if I did get a vote, I, I certainly would vote for him. But you hit the nail on the head. I, I mean, this is one of the worst defenses in in, in college football. But the fact that the that USC is plus twenty six in, in in turnover margin uh, is is the ultimate deodorant. In, in regard to just how bad their defense is because they're able to capitalize and score points uh, on, on very fortunate turnovers. So um, you, you, at, at some point in time, it's, it's interesting. I, I've, you know, full disclosure, I've made a ton of money on USC this season. Um, and, 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 a big, and again, a, a big reason why is, you know, and, and we focus obviously on Lincoln Riley. We focus obviously on this offense, Caleb Williams. But the fact that they are a plus plus 26 turnover margin, considering of how bad their defense, it's, it's, I mean, it's an outlier. Like they're, they're an outlier. Yeah. And, and it's turnovers are kind of two parts. One of the parts is just aggressiveness and putting yourself in position to get hands on the ball, uh, you know, to strip the ball away from the ball carriers, uh, to cover the, the passing game in such a way that, you know, you're facing the ball, you get a lot more opportunities to, to, to break the pass up or whatever. And, and it's very clear that Alex Grinch has always been – he's designed an aggressive defense around those things, around trying to create the, the fumbles, around trying to create the, the passes defense, so to speak. And, and so it's not a surprise that they've, done, they've been able to force turnovers because that's what they aim to do. There, there has definitely been an outlier-ish, luckish part of it too when you just step back and realize that you know, there have been 23 fumbles in, in, in USC games this year. They've recovered 18 of them. Uh, there's no 
there's no there's no coaching for that really. It, that that's that's probably six or seven more than they should have, uh, and it has been a little bit luck based in that regard. And then you look, just look at the the passes defense as well. They have you know 19 interceptions. Uh, their opponents have three, but they've broken up a ton of passes. There's definitely been a luck element here, and it bailed them out. But I do think that as the year has gone on, the offense has just gotten more and more stable. Uh, Caleb Williams has gotten more comfortable. Even in, in, you know, you lose your star running back, but the backup is very physical and doing a very, very good job. Um, and, and so the confidence, even if the defense hasn't really ever come around, it does feel like the confidence levels are higher than they've ever been. And I am curious what that means for a rematch against Utah. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, Bill Conley joining us here on 710 ESPN LA. Uh, so USC, a lot of, a lot of pressure heading into this, this matchup, right? Because, uh, again, the committee and, and, and I, I do have, uh, USC winning, uh, by the way, the line is, uh, USC favored by two and a half. I think that's somewhat disrespectful, but it is what it is. The over-under is at 67 and a half. After what we saw USC do to Notre Dame, which a lot of people thought that was going to be a quote-unquote trap game, uh, they they beat Notre Dame 38-27. to Caleb Williams, uh, you know, again, a, another unbelievable performance. But heading into this matchup, you know, this is a rematch. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to beat a team two times in, in the course of one season. H- how difficult, uh, you know, of a game do you think this is going to be for USC? I mean, I, I would expect on paper, at least, it is it is still a, very much in that toss-up range because I do think, you know, USC's kind of become more extreme over the last month and a half, even better offensively. But until even – there might have been some improvement there against Notre Dame. That was probably one of their better performances in a while, but this is still a defense that gave up – uh, what was it, 37 points to Arizona, 35 to California not very long ago. There are still issues on that side of the ball, and it feels like with Utah, they're kind of shifting in the other direction. I'm not sure the offense is quite where it was a month and a half ago. Defense seems a lot better. They, you know, USC was able to rush for a lot of yards on them. A lot of that came from Caleb Williams' scrambles, but they still, uh, they were, you know, um, just the regular old ground game had a nice day. That might be a lot harder for USC to pull off. Um, and and Utah might be in a position to get to make more stops, but I'm not sure, I'm not as confident in there in, in the Utah offense right now. So it is both teams have been kind of shifting in interesting ways here. I'm not completely sure what it means, but on paper this really does seem like it could end up as every bit as even as it was before. There there are a lot to Utah can rush the passer better than most of the teams USC's played. They actually brought Caleb Williams down four times, which seems impossible with the way he escapes the pocket. Um, they, they can make life pretty difficult for him. And I'm, I'm curious if they can keep up in another track meet. Yeah. And in, in that first matchup, uh, they pressured him 19 times. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but, but they are dealing with some injuries. They're running back. Thomas is dealing with turf toe. Uh, one of their best defensive ends. Fillinger is dealing with a leg issue. We'll see if those injuries affect them mm-hmm. or not. Uh, but let, let's talk about Austin uh, Jones for a second, you know, uh, kind of next man up mentality. Um, you're thinking, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll use Michigan in the same regard, right? Like I wasn't expecting Michigan to manhandle OSU considering that, uh, that quorum went, went out with a knee injury, but, um, you know, we're seeing it with Michigan. We're seeing it with USC next man up mentality where there's just so much depth on this offense, right? 
Yeah, Jones and Die, they were making a really nice combination because Jones is more more physical. Die was more likely to get yards before contact, and, and Jones does, was doing a better job of getting yards after contact. And so it does kind of hurt to not have that, that complementary pair uh, working for you. But Jones hasn't needed a, uh, any sort of compliment lately. He's provided something these last two games – uh, they leaned on him a lot more uh, against UCLA and, and Notre Dame. And the more carries he got, the better he looked. So it adds a level of physicality now to this offense um, that Notre Dame certainly struggled with. So, you know, they they were gassed from having to chase Caleb Williams around for 10 yards or 10 seconds on every pass play. And then they had to, you know, try to tackle a batter and ram type of back. So it definitely worked. I, you know, it still stinks. You know, you ha- your ceiling's a little lower without die, but Jones is doing just fine. And, and uh, USC has definitely figured out how to make that work. Um, before we let you go, let's, let's talk about Caleb Williams and his quest uh, to, to win a Heisman. Uh, to me, it's, it's his trophy to lose. Um, even if, and it's interesting because I was asked today on, on, uh, on a program, um, you know, if, and, and I think it was Ramona or earlier today, right here on 710 ESPN, uh, you know, if, if USC loses to Utah, you know, ha, will, will that hurt Caleb in his quest to, to potentially win the Heisman? And I said, you know, only if he throws like three picks, I, right. I mean, to, you know, to me, if, if USC lose to Utah, it's loses to Utah. It's because, you know, they've, they've got, you know, one of the worst defenses in, in college football. Um, you know, I, so your your thoughts on uh, on on if you well, let me ask you: Do you have a vote, Bill? I'm assuming you do. Do you have a vote? I've never sought it out. No, I've I, I like not voting. Um, so no, I've I've gone out of my way not to be involved in the Heisman race and just talk about it instead. Okay, so uh, so with that being <laughs> said, I, I mean, if you did have a vote, um, mm-hmm. would would you vote? Would you vote for Caleb? And and how confident are you that he's going to win it? Yeah, I know. Well, I definitely think he's going to win it. I think we're in a situation where, you know, there comes a point in November where you just kind of wait for to see who's going to seize control of it. And for a while there, it really didn't seem like anybody was. And then Hendon Hooker gets hurt, and, and then Blake Corum gets hurt, and the contenders start to fall by the wayside. And it definitely felt, heading into this last week, that it was kind of a C.J. Stroud versus Caleb Williams situation. And with the way Michigan treated C.J. Stroud and, you know, well, the way his coach treated him, not giving them a chance on some of those fourth and threes there in the second half, um, I think that made the decision pretty easy. When it, when everybody was paying attention to two guys to figure out who they were going to vote for, uh, Williams just toyed with Notre Dame for an hour. T.J. Stroud struggled. He won it. I mean, you're right. Like There are extreme versions of what could happen on Friday night uh, that could color that uh, a little bit if he throws six picks or whatever or they lose by 60. But I think it's probably safe to say those things aren't going to happen. And, and so the odds are very, very much in his favor right now. Uh, bigger picture here, hypothetically speaking, USC does make it to the Final Four, and of course the committee uh, votes them in to to, uh, to to be that 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 select four to try to win a national championship. How do you think? Again, I know we've been spending a lot of time talking about this defense, but how do you think that they will match up in regard to Georgia and TCU and in Michigan? Um, you know, do, do, how much confidence do you have that, that they can make a legit run for it? Well, I think, I mean, basically heading into the playoff, they'd be in a situation where their offense is, if not the best single unit in this college football playoff, it's one of the, like the two best, right? Like Georgia's defense might be better, uh, but really that'd be the only competition. 
But, of course, the problem is that USC's defense would be by far the worst unit in, in the CFP. TCU's defense isn't amazing, but it's good. Uh, obviously, Georgia's and Michigan's defenses are very good. And so it would be kind of a tricky matchup for anybody. And, you know, I referenced OU. I watched plenty of Lincoln-Riley OU games uh, over these past few years, and it really was like that. They could keep up on the scoreboard for a while, but they would just, at some point, against a team this good, they're going to need a stop, and I don't see how they get it, especially if, you know, at least some of the fortune from turnovers was fortune. It wasn't necessarily scheme that was creating all those turnovers. They also got some bounces along the way. It's hard to rely on that. So I think – that's what you know. It'd be one of those situations, I guess. If we're looking at the seeding now, maybe they play Georgia and they're able to to go on one of these runs for a little while and score three times in a row and make the game really, really fun to watch. But it just it's really hard to imagine them beating Georgia and then beating either Michigan or TCU. But you know, that's the fact that we're speculating about USC in a playoff. That's after everything we saw last year. That's pretty miraculous in and of itself. So I don't think it's necessarily bad to say that they would lose. God bless the transfer portal. (laughs) Bill, Bill, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. Really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. You got it. Bill Conley joining us here on 710 ESPN LA. Uh, A lot to digest. Um, We'll open up the phone lines as well. 877-710-3776. Your thoughts on USC? Uh, you know, how, how well do you think they're going to fare against Utah? Again, the line is minus two and a half. The over-under is at 67 and a half. And if they do make it into the final four, as, as, as bad, as grave as this defense is, you know, are you giving them a shot? <laughs> uh, let's discuss next right here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. That's right. Uh, Anita Marks with you. It is Ben L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A. We just heard from Bill doing a deep dive into this matchup. And again, we've got Tyler and Rebecca who are producing the show. Like, I I just, here's the thing. Like, I I feel, I feel that it's somewhat disrespectful that USC is only favored by two and a half. Like, I'm like, like, I'm looking at this line. I'm like, what's wrong with this, this scenario? Like, again, I get it. I understand how God awful this defense is. Um, like I, I shared with, with Bill, you know, it's, it's a very, this, this USC, this USC team is an outlier in regard to their defense being this bad, like, like bottom five in college football. Um, but having the turnover margin be plus 26, it, it counters just how bad their defense is, especially if they're able, they're so explosive on the offensive side of the ball and they're able to capitalize uh, with those, with those turnovers. I get all that, but I think and, this and USC not, team is just taking the world by storm right now. I don't think anybody's really prepared for how good they've been because offensively, you've got to say that you've got to okay. say, yes, sorry. I don't think, I don't think anybody's been prepared for how offensively good they are, but I think that the, it counters, it counters the flaws from the defensive side of the ball. And I think that Utah is getting a lot of credit. 
I think that Utah's a, a little bit more of a proven team, at least consistently over the past few seasons, whereas USC hasn't really you know, been the USC Trojans football team that we are used to seeing that's consistently making appearances at the Rose Bowl and, you know, the championship caliber team that we saw way back when, the Matt Line and the Reggie Bush days. It's been a minute since we've seen a USC team this competitive. And I think that the points that we're seeing is that speculation, is that is that uncertainty of, well, are they really that good? And I think that we can confidently say with with Caleb Williams at the helm of this team, they really are this good. What, l- let me ask you this, like what, what, in, in, when you're talking to your friends, talking to folks in or around 710 ESPN, like, you know, what, what's uh, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most confident, like, you know, wh- what's, what's the feel right now around this team? Like, obviously, you know, you, you've got, I'm sure you've got a lot of USC fans that you're talking to, but like realistically, you know, how confident are they that A, they'll, they'll beat Utah this week and B, they, they can make a legit run and, and, and make, whether it's against Michigan, whether it's against TCU, whether it's against Georgia, could hold their own. Like, well, is it uh, like, oh, a, you know, it'd be great if we get in, but we really don't have a chance with that defense. Or is uh, well, it, first of all, there's we, a healthy split. There's a healthy split here at the station between SC fans and Bruins fans. UCLA, right. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that the Trojans fans that I've encountered, um, you know, Mason's a big Trojans fan. There's a lot of confidence behind this team. There's a lot of there's there's surprise with Caleb Williams' performance, but there but there's that confidence that's building based off of this team's success. You know, coming out on top against the Bruins, where the Bruins are a good team and they have been a good team for a little while now, and the Trojans are just kind of taking the world by storm. And I think. I haven't personally asked how confident people feel, but the impression that I'm getting is that people are really confident in this Trojans team, and people see them going far. It's gonna, they're gonna have to go up against the teams that you mentioned, the TCU's, the Georgias, and they're gonna have to prove that that they are as legitimate as as they are uh, conveying. But like I said, with Caleb, with Caleb Williams, if he can continue his level of performance through the rest of this season, I don't see them losing. I just don't. It, it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. It's it, Again, it's it's not just uh, Utah and USC. Uh, there are four uh, pretty significant games uh, that are going to be taking place uh, this, this week and, uh, of course, Friday, Saturday. Um, and uh, so each and every week, uh, I mean, if, if you don't know, I'm on Daily Wager. Uh, shameless plug, not so shameless. We're on uh, ESPN2 Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 and then on Sunday mornings from uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. And, of course, those are Eastern times. Uh, but also I do a digital show called Bet, and that's on Monday and Thursday nights. Tyler Fulgham is my partner in crime, both on Daily Wager and Bet, and him and I sat down earlier this evening uh, with our picks and our plays on all four top college football games that we're going to be watching. Listen in. All right, we're going to switch gears. We're going to go from the NFL to college football. Big game where you live, your neck of town, and that's in Las Vegas with the Utes going up against USC. This is so much is on the line for this USC team. This is going to be really a good one. USC favored by two and a half, which the line kind of surprises me. I'm curious where you're going to go with this. And the over-unders at 67 and a half. How are you playing it? 
Yeah, I'm going to lean towards Utah plus the points. Talking to Stanford Steve and the Bear earlier this week on Daily Wager, they both like Utah in this spot. Kyle Winningham, the head coach of the Utes, is already taking to the media to say, well, you know, everyone's already picking USC. No reason to show up. We might as well not even be there. I think Utah's a very dangerous, good football team. Whittingham is a really good, dangerous coach. USC has made it to this point. Credit to Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. By winning a lot of close games, can they do it here again? I think they can win. I wouldn't be surprised if they cover. But if I had to put my money behind it, I think the play I'm most comfortable with is taking a two-and-a-half point head start on the scoreboard because it is pretty much a 50-50 coin flip game for me. If this was three, three and a half, I'd be on your side. But it's not. It's minus two and a half, and I don't even have to buy the hook. I love this USC team. Like I said, Tyler, so much is on the line here. I mean, this is a USC team that with arguably the worst defense in college football has a chance of being in the top four and competing to win a national championship. And they need to win against the Utes in order in order to do that. Also, Utah dealing with some injuries. Uh, their running back, Thomas, is dealing with turf toe. And their best edge rusher, Billinger, is dealing with a leg injury as well. And really, I buried the lead here. Even though USC's defense is so god-awful, um, the fact that they are plus 26 in turnover ratio is has been the deodorant, right, for such a <laughs> horrific defense. And um, and and I do believe they uh, they get some more turnovers in this game against the Utes. All right, game number two, you've got Kansas State going up against TCU. TCU again, two and a half. Where's the respect, dude? Over unders at 62. What's your play here? Yeah, similarly, I think K-State is a dangerous dog, though for this conference championship game, I'm going to default to the total and play that under 62. If I think it's going to be a lower scoring game, of course, that is a benefit to K-State having the points. But K-State is a team that can control the football and offense, milking the clock. They're going to be a physical uh, football team on both sides of the ball. TCU, I, I don't think they're looking at it this way inside that locker room, but they don't probably need to win this game to get in. Even if they lose, especially if it's a close game, I think their playoff spot is secured. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than the market would suggest at 62. I'm on the under. Interesting. So I'm on TCU. I'll lay the points, but I like the over here. Uh, you know, both these offenses are quite explosive. Keep in mind, they played each other back in October, and the total went over. It was a total of 66 points. Kansas State's averaging 47 points a game their last few games as well with Howard at quarterback. And uh, and also, by the way, TCU 8-2-1 against the spread. One of the best stories in college football this season. Let's talk LSU and Georgia. Georgia favored by 17 and a half. The over-unders at 51. Talk about a team that doesn't have to win in order to continue to be in the top four. So I'm really curious. How are you playing this one? Yeah, because of that, I'm on the LSU side. The total's only 51, and I'm catching 17 and a half. The market expects it to be a tight, low-scoring game, and getting a 17 and a half point head start, if that is what transpires, is pretty valuable. LSU is 5-0 ATS against Georgia their last five games. Brian Kelly is someone who thrives in this spot as an underdog. Um, and we've seen him win a lot of these games where LSU has been discounted this season. So Georgia really has nothing to play here for. Even if they lose by 10, 14 points, they're not going to drop out of the top four. That's why I like the LSU Tigers. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I like LSU. Give me the points. And also, I'm going to play the under here. LSU, as we know, their bread and butter is running the football. So they're going to eat up time of possession. And if Georgia does rest their players, whether it be, you know, in the second quarter or the second half, I just don't think that they're going to be as explosive. So I do like the under here. Last but not least, let's talk about Purdue in Michigan. Might be a snoozer. Who knows? Michigan is favored by 17. The over-under is at 52. What's your play? Yeah, this is one where I am going to lay it with Michigan. They're clearly the class of the Big Ten after what they did to Ohio State in the shoe. Purdue is not even close to as talented as Ohio State. I'm sure Michigan, kind of like Georgia, it doesn't really matter win, lose, or draw. They are going to be in. But I do think John uh, or Jim Harbaugh, pardon me, his squad there from Ann Arbor is going to take care of business in impressive fashion and cover the number against the Boilermakers. Yeah, I'm with you as well. Um, I thought with Quorum out, Michigan was going to struggle against Ohio State, but next next man up, and Donovan <laughs> Edwards uh, did just that, right? Rushing for over 200 yards. Uh, their offense put up 500 yards against Ohio State. They were just absolutely unbelievable. Eighth best offense in college football. So, and Purdue has such a horrific secondary. It's going to be, in my opinion, pick your poison however you want to beat them. So uh, I'm, I'm right there with you as well. I'll, I'll lay the 17. Tyler, thank you so much. Enjoy the Thursday night football game. Good luck with all your picks and all your plays. All right, Anita. Thanks very much. Again, that's Tyler Fulgham, uh, my partner in crime uh, on Daily Wager, our gambling platform at ESPN. So just to uh, recap, uh, I'm I'm on the USC side. I'll, I'll lay the points two and a half. Now, if this was three, three and a half, um, I don't know if I'd play it. But but two and a half, I I, I think USC can cover here. Um, I also uh, I also like the over at sixty seven and a half. Uh, TCU, same thing. I'll I'll lay the two and a half. I love the over at sixty two. K State is averaging forty seven points a game, and we know that TCU can score at will. Uh, Georgia, I still don't understand why uh, Georgia is favored by 17 and a half. Again, the fact that they can rest their starters. If they lose to LSU, they're still going to play for a national championship. So give me LSU in the points, and I like the under at 51. And, of course, Michigan, I'll lay the 17. Uh, I, 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 I did not expect them to have the performance that they did against OSU without quorum, but boy, Donovan Edwards stepped up, rushed for over 200 yards, and sealed the deal. Sealed the deal. So uh, I will lay the points with Michigan. Quick break. We come back. We kick off hour number two, and we will uh, switch gears, go back to some NFL. Like I said, I'll give you my Rams, my Chargers play. Let's dive into the Dolphins, um, as well as coming up in the next segment, uh, we'll preview the Kansas City-Cincinnati game as well. We still have World Cup preview coming for you as well. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.